0: Hi there! Welcome to episode 26 of the Waveback Music Podcast. Today's episode is Risk of Rain for PlayStation 4 and PC. Enjoy! Hello again, this is the Waveback Music Podcast. My name is Chris. And
1: I'm Vicki
0: we're here to talk to you about some of the most interesting video game music there is. Tonight we're going to be discussing another game of Vicky's choosing. I've never heard of it before, but after listening to the soundtrack, I definitely want to change that. It's an action game with an action-packed score. Tonight we're listening to Risk of Rain. Vicky, why don't you hit us with some history?
1: Okay. Risk of Rain was developed by two students at the University of Washington, Duncan Drummond and Paul Morse. They released the game under the name Hapu. I think it's Hapu. Hapu Games. I think Games. It's
0: Hapu, too. I think you nailed it.
1: <laughs>
0: and you know what? If, if we're wrong, please correct us on Twitter. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah, please.
0: <laughs> we have no shame when it comes to mispronouncing people's names.
1: <laughs> we sure don't. <laughs> Chucklefish Games also published Wanderlust Adventures, Into Stellaria, and Stardew Valley, just to name a few. The duo completed most of the game in their college budgets and later went to Kickstarter to gain additional funds. Originally, they set out to get get $7,000 for the completion and ended up with more than $30,000, which is amazing. It's a lot
0: of dollars. Yes. It's way
1: more dollars than I have. Uh, Risk of Rain is sort of a roguelike action platformer. There are tons of weapons and dozens of characters to choose from so it's the kind of game that can be very difficult to get sick of. Like the trailer says, the longer you play, the harder it gets, so the challenge factor is there, too. On to the music. All of the track titles refer to rain and or water in terms of physics, meteorology, geography, art, and pop culture. The difficulties as well. They are Drizzle, Rainstorm, and Monsoon. Two songs that didn't make the cut for tonight's show have interesting titles worth noting. Double Fucking Rainbow, which is obviously from the viral video about a man who gets too excited about the sighting of a double rainbow all the way across the sky. Sorry, I had to do that. <laughs> and the other title was two, uh, 25.3 degrees north and 91.7 degrees east, which is the latitude and longitude of Cherrapunji, a town in India that is known to receive more rainfall than any other place on Earth. Chris Christodoulou came up with all of the song titles.
0: Thanks, Vicky. You're welcome. But who is Chris Christodoulou? Well, he's the composer of Risk of Rain, obviously. And he's written music for a handful of other indie games, such as Wanderlust Adventures and Deadbolt. He's also done a few pieces for some indie films, documentaries, and shorts. I'm not going to go too much into his profile here, because as a special treat, Vicky actually sat down and interviewed the gentleman, and that interview will be posted at the end of this episode, so make sure you stick around for that. I know I will, because I wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> so without further ado, let's get started. Um, Vicky is probably going to take point on a lot of this, because this is she knows this music far better than I. Um, the first track of the night is uh, a game I'm going to let, uh, a song I'm going to let Vicky talk about, because sure. I don't want to try to pronounce
1: it's this. It's French.
0: It does appear very French, it's and a, I do not speak French at all.
1: It's a French poem. I'm going to try and pronounce it. Uh, I'm very sorry. Chanson de automne, I think so. I. Oh, I think it's um rain and autumn.
0: Chanson de automne, de Yes, thank you.
1: Oh, sorry, everyone.
0: <laughs> we are so sorry. <laughs> Something in French is our first track. What can you tell us about this before we jump in?
1: So this song is played during Hive Cluster, Hive Cluster, and Sky Meadow. It means autumn song in French, and it's a poem by Paul Verlaine.
0: All right, so here is our track number one. Enjoy. so that was chanson de Altum from risk of rain wow um that is a that's a hell of a song um really really uh, right off the bat the stereo effects that he has uh working on that song really really hit me because i'm i'm listening to this through, through some pretty fancy headphones right now Ooh. and um just the stereo effects going on are very 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 cool i love i love the drum beat the and those weird, those odd intentional, um, I guess they were like sour notes,
1: oh, like but intentionally
0: so. And like kind of that weird offbeat stuff gives it a ton of character.
1: Mm-hmm. I love the clarinet in that. It just, it fits. You never really think of clarinets in like video game music.
0: Mm-hmm. That It works extraordinarily well. The, the whole thing has a very kind of melancholy sound to it, a like, like feel to it too, which I find very interesting because I've looked at a couple of videos of this game with very, very little experience. I've listened to these tracks all once before, uh, just listened to them yesterday. And um, I uh, watched a couple of gameplay videos of this and visually speaking, it, it reminds me a lot of cave story. And it was, in, it's interesting that this particular song really reminded me of something that I would associate with cave story. Cause it kind of, a exudes a similar feeling of melancholy um this this would fit right in with a game like that uh of, but it's a great track great track
1: it's one of like the more soothing of the songs on the soundtrack <clears throat>
0: <laughs> yes yes I, I believe that the rest of the music <laughs> uh, on this list is at least slightly more upbeat at at least slightly more up, upbeat
1: yeah
0: uh sometimes considerably more upbeat <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's move on to track number two. Track number two is a lot easier to pronounce. It's dew point. Uh, what can you tell us about dew point?
1: Well, I was talking to Chris, and this was actually his favorite song. I, really? Yeah.
0: Very cool.
1: Um, you listen to this in desolate forest, and I'm pretty sure that's the only level you do listen to it on, which is really weird because. Usually there's multiple times that you'd hear each of the songs.
0: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if the game's procedurally generated, you, you would assume that at a certain point you're going to come back to yeah. similar themes. But, well, uh, I guess that just makes this track all the more special. Let's go ahead and listen to it. Here's track number two, Dew Point. That was dew point again from Risk of Rain. Uh, you don't hear a lot of f- songs in five four time, especially not in video games. But shit, did he pull it off? What a re- what a remarkable track. It's it's just it's such a unique time signature, yeah. and um, I've always found it really difficult to deviate from like your standard four four or three four time. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is this song just works. I was as I was listening to it, I. I'm, I'm, just, I'm counting it out just like one, two, three, four, five. Holy shit. He, This is in five, four. This is remarkable. Uh, I hope I'm saying that right. If I sound like a complete idiot to anyone who knows more about music than I do, uh, feel free to let us know. Um, but I'm pretty sure I'm saying that right. Five, four time. Regardless, it's um, each chunk of the song is five beats instead of four beats or three beats like you would have in a waltz. Oh. And um, it's just I've always found it very difficult to put music together like that. Uh and when it's pulled off correctly, it sounds so cool. And um I just I love the instrumentation here too. All the instrument choices are phenomenal. It's got a great build and you know how much I like a good natural build in my <laughs> music. Uh, but this is also a really great show showpiece of um an overarching theme in this soundtrack is that this It's all these very modern video game music type synthesized sounds with, uh, some retro chip sounds mixed in with it and not like, not as brazen as something like Anamanaguchi. It's very, it's very subtle and very natural. It's, it's quite, quite stunning, quite gorgeous.
1: I love how, uh, he just like turned this one into like more of an electronic song than Mm. the previous one.
0: Yeah cuz uh, you could figure from this one starting that it could have stayed you know kind of melancholy yeah, and kind of ambient like and, the uh, the previous track yeah. but it just it built to this really kind of epic um epic thing and I hate the way that that word has been co-opted epic, epic. um <laughs> but that that is that is I mean that in the the truest of definitions of how I feel about this song it's conveying a a, a feeling of epicness and it's a uh, uh, it's, it's remarkable. Very cool track.
1: Well, the next song is going to be super epic.
0: Well, it's a freaking hailstorm. It, huh.
1: <laughs> it's actually my favorite song.
0: Is it not? I all right.
1: listen to it at work all the time. It nice. gets me super pumped. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. For typing.
0: All right. Um, yep. Well, then give us all the history on this song after we're done listening Okey to it. Dokey. This is track number three, Hailstorm. Enjoy. It a lot more abruptly than i expected
1: yeah <laughs> usually you hear that song um when you're fighting bosses so sometimes you don't hear the end of it <laughs> it was only a two minute long song you know yeah that?
0: it seems like it has a pretty natural looping point there too but man that's an intense track
1: yeah it's so cool
0: <laughs> very very good stuff again with the like the very interesting drums like not none of the drums are just straightforward.
1: It's just these are like war drums.
0: Very well put together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and the the you know the title really seems to fit. Except I I kind of got a more heat vibe from this. I was I'm picturing something a lot more red uh, than than a hailstorm. But then again, you know there's got to be other colors in the game besides blue. So. Oh
1: yeah, one of the levels that you hear the song on is called Risk of Rain and that's the final level of the game. And it's all red, and you're in, like, the space station. It's very scary.
0: So when you say the final level of the game, can you actually beat this game?
1: Oh, yeah. I've beaten it plenty of times.
0: Oh, okay. (laughs) I was under the impression that it just kept going until you died, and you just tried to go for as long as you could.
1: No. Hmm. Uh, There is a final boss, and he's as long as you, like, Get as many items as you possibly can. You can beat him. I see. Uh, it's a very difficult game to play alone. I have tried many times. And oh, that's
0: right. This has co-op in it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's. Uh, I couldn't co-op imagine. Is yeah, I couldn't imagine playing the single player and like getting anywhere.
0: But it's it's procedurally generated, right? Like the levels are randomly designed, so it's different each time you play it.
1: All right, so the first couple levels are de- randomly generated, and then it goes on until you get to the last level, which is, like, you'll always get to that level. So you have to play, like, five levels before getting to the final level.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Well, um, Hailstorm. Freaking fantastic track. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't I don't really know what else to say about that one. It was easily uh, the most intense track we've listened to so far this evening. But, um, yeah, still definitely fitting within the same style and uh, with the, the retro chip sounds and whatnot thrown in there. But this this was a little bit more obvious. They were less subtle, but they were still just, they fit like a glove. It was a brilliant song. All right, then, let's move on to track number four, unless you got something else.
1: Nope, that's it.
0: All right, cool. Track number four is Surface Tension. Uh, tell us a little bit about this one.
1: So you can hear this song at the final level, Risk of Rain, um, dry and Dried Lake.
0: Sounds like the Dried Lake could stand for some rain. That, was a, that, that joke yeah. was a complete wow. failure. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. I,
1: I didn't give you anything. Nope, absolutely
0: <laughs> not. No, zero points awarded. Uh. Anyway, uh, so yeah, let's move on to track number four of the evening, Surface Tension. surface tension from Risk of Rain and that right there um, I believe if I'm remembering correctly that gets my vote for uh, best track of the night that song is incredible <laughs> absolutely incredible it's um again with the 5-4 time uh, completely blowing my mind um, it's so it's so expertly crafted The but I, I think my favorite thing about this is just the general um, the general vibe to it has this very 80s fantasy movie vibe to it. Like, for some reason, I just think NeverEnding Story. And I know there's nothing specific (laughs) (laughs) about the NeverEnding Story soundtrack that matches this song, but there's just, I don't know, the way it goes into those um, major chords just kind of gives it this very 80s fantasy movie vibe. And whenever I think of 80s fantasy movies, I think of The NeverEnding Story, which is a movie that terrified me as a kid. Um, but in the best possible way. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of like that, but with a modern twist. It's just that wacky freaking breakdown part in the middle. Uh, it's it's.
1: Oh, that was awesome! I think that's my favorite part, like the distortion, and then it breaks off and starts up again.
0: It's just gorgeous. It's just a it's a gorgeous, gorgeous piece of music. So so well done. Um, I will be listening to that track over and over again. <laughs> Okay, let's move on to track number five. Uh, track number five is called Monsoon. Uh, so I'm expecting something a tad on the violent side. Uh, what can you tell us about this track, Vicky?
1: That is actually the difficulty setting for hardcore players. Oh. <laughs> it also plays in Desolate Forest risk of and the Risk of Rain level.
0: I see. All right, well, here's track number five, Monsoon. Monsoon from Risk of Rain, Vicky. How did that one make you feel?
1: Um, that one felt more space-like, like deep space.
0: Yeah, definitely spacey. I could, I can, I can feel that.
1: And um, <laughs> I love how the electric guitar near the end kind of catches you off guard.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, a little bit.
1: How did you like this one?
0: I liked it quite a bit. It was um, you know, uh, the, it was it was four four times so <laughs> it was a little bit more straightforward. It um it definitely had the uh a little more uh, straightforward in a lot of respects as far as like you know the, the general drum beat and all that jazz but at the same time it's much like everything else on this soundtrack it's remarkably dynamic like even when he's being simplistic he's being dynamic which is just just remarkable um another very well composed piece
1: was it less like epic than you thought it would be did you think like
0: i was expecting because... something a bit more violent uh, based on the name Monsoon. <laughs> um, I was expecting something a little bit more like what the next track sounds like.
1: Uh,
0: <laughs> if I'm remembering the next track correctly. But yeah, I, I don't know. I think of Monsoon. I think just absolute violence. And you're right. This was very spacey. This was like, mm-hmm. this was like a... <sighs> See, I, for some reason I want to say a serious Super Mario Galaxy, but I know that's not <laughs> right. <laughs> I've been playing Mario Galaxy 2 a lot lately. Uh, so it's kind of,
1: oh, that's
0: fun. <laughs> oh, it's such a good game. It's such a good game. Um, but yeah, risk of rain, uh, <laughs> super Mario galaxy, very different animal. And, um, yeah, spacey, very, very good call there. I, I, I wasn't even thinking of that, but yeah, you, know, you said that word space and I'm like, yeah, this is outer space. This is the, definitely what this is. Very epic outer space stuff. Not quite as violent as I thought. Mm-hmm. Okay, you ready for the last last track of the night?
1: I sure am.
0: Okay, here we are at the end, the end of our at the end of our time here. Uh, Tropic of Cancer. Uh, what do you got for us, Vicky?
1: This is played during Hive Cluster, Magma Barracks, and the Temple of the Elders. Uh, the Tropic of Cancer is the most northerly yes, that's a word mm-hmm. circle of latitude on the Earth at which the sun may appear directly overhead in its culmination. (laughs) Yep. Science. Science.
0: (laughs) Well, armed with that knowledge, brace yourself for the awesomeness that is Tropic of Cancer. Enjoy. Well, now that's what I call intense
1: <laughs> I think this song truly encapsulates the theme of the game. It's very violent, and at times it can be very calm
0: yeah and then it, it ends very dynamic really... like that yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> and at the end it ends very strong
0: it certainly does now is this like stage music? does this loop? yes, I oh, gotcha <sighs> cool the funny funny story when i listen to this music for the first time the other day this was actually the first track I listened to and it uh oh no <laughs> it surprised me quite a bit because I don't know was, I, I hear a game called risk of rain and I'm thinking all right rain uh it's probably going to be some some delightful niceness and then it just jumps right oh. into the metal it's like whoa <laughs> okay that was unexpected not unawesome because its awesome but uh, yeah, didn't didn't see that coming. Yeah, this is a this is a badass track. This is, I mean, obviously, it's the most overtly aggressive track that we've listened to all night. But it's mm-hmm. um, it handles itself quite well. While again, you know, stylistically sticking with the you know modern instruments with a uh, some eight bit type sounding stuff in the background, just kind of give it that computery edge. And if you've not played this game like like me at the very look up the the visuals that kind of match this, it's really quite a remarkable look and when you're playing a game that looks so decidedly old school with very modern sounding music like this it's a very very cool experience um
1: it really mashes together well
0: it does it's it's very expertly crafted because this is something Mm -hmm. that's very easy to screw up like i feel like a lot of the stuff that chris was working on in this soundtrack could have gone so incredibly poorly in the hands of a less talented composer but he pulls this whole thing off very, very nicely. It's, it's very impressive. Any final thoughts before we close it out?
1: Um, this was this a very exciting episode to do. <laughs> I wish I had more to say, <laughs> but I did get to talk to Chris a lot, and that was very exciting.
0: <laughs> that is that is very exciting. Um, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that's our show. Uh-huh. Tune in next time, we'll be listening to the Summary Sounds of Star Tropics for the NES. This one comes via coincidental listener request, and it having already been on my schedule, uh, completely unbeknownst to said listener who requested it. And it will feature some very special remastered tracks you may have not heard before. As always, we would love to hear everyone's thoughts and memories on these games, so if you have any other ideas that you would uh, like us to listen to on Waveback, please send them to mail at geekade.com. While you're at it, check out all our social media channels, which you should totally like slash subscribe to uh, if you haven't already. And be sure to check out our other great content we have on the site over at geekade.com. Thank you for listening. Now please stick around to listen to Vicky's interview with the game's composer, what was his name again, Chris?
1: Chris Cristodulo.
0: Yes, I wasn't going to try to butcher his last name again. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. Enjoy the interview, and we'll see you next time. Good night.
1: You first get into music?
2: Um, I started from a pretty young age I think I was about five when my parents like took me to a, a local conservatory in my hometown and well pretty much since then I mean I started uh, you know just uh, playing uh, keyboard and like very basic theory lessons and uh, and after that yeah I, I just kept on going until today
1: that's pretty
2: cool yeah I mean I I didn't uh, initially think that I would become a musician like from a very young age I think I sort of thought about it uh, maybe when I was like 16 or something which is maybe a bit late I don't know Uh, like I'm I mean uh, professionally being a musician I was I was Where did you want to be? Uh, I, I, did, I hadn't really thought about it too much I think at, at that point I was uh, I hadn't made any decisions I was just uh, leaning towards like positive sciences and stuff uh, I liked physics a lot uh, but uh, yeah, at some point yeah I, I just realized that I really like uh, doing music and especially I mean, at some point, uh, I was thinking that I would be like a performer, but uh, as I uh, learned more about music, then I started, you know, uh, gravitating towards composing a little bit more. So I, after a point, I focused more on the, more on theoretical stuff and less on uh, playing, and probably because I was a bit, um, I didn't, I, I realized that I didn't have like the, uh, you know, focus that I it required to study an instrument and become like a professional player of that instrument. I mean, I can play Mm -hmm. some stuff, but I'm not uh, by any means like a professional piano player or whatever.
1: Oh, what other instruments do you play?
2: Uh, I mainly play the piano. uh, Mm -hmm. And at some point when I was around 14, I think, I taught myself the drums.
1: Oh, that's pretty cool.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it was nice. Yeah, because I I, I guess it was more, uh, it was something that was, more in demand when we were young because in bands we i mean everybody starts uh off playing the piano so there were a lot of piano players and less drummers and so i kind of picked it up and i really liked it uh i i could understand it i mean rhythm is something that uh, just was a bit natural to me i think and uh and afterwards, I, I taught myself like a very, very basic stuff about, around the guitar and uh, the electric bass. And I can, I can mostly handle myself with the bass and just a little bit of guitar, like play a few songs and stuff. But, I, but again, I mean, piano is my, the, the instrument that I, can, I, I know best of all. And I would still not, you know, describe myself as a pianist. Yeah, I'm, very, I'm I'm, I'm, kind of hesitant and a bit, a bit careful with, uh, with with that stuff because um, I sometimes see people that are very easy to say. Well, I play a lot of instruments and blah blah blah, and I'm, yeah. and uh, I mean, if you meet like uh, real people that are professional uh, performers and you, you know, you know the, the kind of discipline that it requires and the, the, techni- the technical skills that they have, you, to me is a bit disrespectful if I come out and say, well, I'm a pianist, well, when uh, I, okay. you know.
1: Yeah, I used to play the viola for a very long time actually.
2: The viola? Wow.
1: Yes. <laughs>
2: okay. How come? Um...
1: I don't know. I mean,
2: um, I mean, why not a violin or, or, or the cello, you know? how I mean, the yeah. viola is very...
1: Yeah, and it's kind of like nobody really thinks about the viola. They think, oh, violin or, like, upright bass or, yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah. I think it was because nobody really played it, and I was really interested in it because, it was, it, to me, it felt like the backbone of the violin, like, kind of without that, yeah. you yeah. couldn't have, like, the magnificent sound of like the violin.
2: Wow, interesting. And you're you were playing in an orchestra or uh, just yeah, uh,
1: I played in an orchestra for a little while. Oh,
2: nice, that's cool.
1: Yeah, there were only like three of us <laughs> and like 15 violin players.
2: Oh, of course, yeah,
1: it was pretty funny.
2: <laughs> did you ever like uh, try the violin or did it feel different playing on a violin or you know?
1: Yeah, I actually started out with the violin. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really like it much. I don't remember why. I think it was too whiny to me. Yeah, <laughs> like a lot of the songs we were learning to play were like so high pitched, and I didn't like that. I have really sensitive ears, so I like the lower stuff. Like a, uh, the cello is actually my favorite instrument.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I noticed uh, that you had the 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 episode about uh, journey about uh, yeah journey and we were kind of uh, talking about <laughs> the cello. So yeah. I mean, it's a beautiful oh. instrument, definitely. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure.
1: Yeah, I like the lower. Um, it, it's a- actually,
2: actually, it's, it's Tina Guo, the performer that uh, did the because you guys were talking about it on the.
1: Yeah, we forgot to add it in afterwards because I looked it up and I'm like, oh, my God, what was her name? And yeah. then I told him and I guess we forgot to re-record it.
2: No, it's fine. Yeah.
1: So who are your musical influences?
2: Uh, when I was like young, I my first like conscious musical stuff that I you know I was listening to bands and I and I realized that this is a band I like and I follow were probably Pink Floyd one of the first okay. ones and then the Beatles Queen the Beatles I mean it's it's the band. I mean it's it's a very it's not very like a original answer of course everybody loves the Beatles but <laughs> but the thing about the Beatles uh, is that I mean I grew up listening to Pink Floyd and I listened to them a lot but and this is going to sound like crazy for some people but they I don't I don't listen to Pink Floyd anymore I don't uh, it's not very intriguing anymore to me, I think. I mean, I still like some stuff, but uh, they don't stand that much, the test of time, to my ears. I want something more... I I always keep looking for new stuff and I don't go back to Pink Floyd too much, you know, like in a... I might listen to them in a nostalgic way or have a few songs that stand out, but with the Beatles this doesn't happen. With the Beatles I can listen to every song and I still feel that is you know brand new and original and and great and has amazing melodies and amazing harmonies and especially you know after the like the first couple of albums when they started really going crazy that i mean that's really never boring to me <laughs> and yeah i mean queen i listen to a lot michael jackson from m- more modern stuff daft punk is one of my most major influences, especially the, dis- the Discovery album. I mean, it's it's yeah, it's definitely. Like yeah, I mean, for to me, it's like the, one of the greatest influences in my music, not because it's cl- closer or more similar to the music that I write, but because it was such a revelation to me that you could do something like that. So it, it was something that came from outside my own musical world, which was more like the rock stuff. And then I just listened to this album and I was like, wow, this is really something extraordinary that you can do both, I mean, with sampling and stuff, but also the way that they combined all the things and that they made something. I mean, you have like a, a, a house uh, album that has like keyboard solos and with distortions and stuff. And that was really crazy, I think, at least to me. Uh, and uh and obviously from my studies I really li- love uh like Bach classical composers Prokofiev Stravinsky uh Debussy from like the latest the later ones uh, that all that stuff is really I mean even if I'm writing something that is purely like a rock thing, like maybe Risk of Rain or something like that. that yeah. I always have in the background, there's always a little bit of, you know, those those classical influences, maybe in the way I compose or in the uh, or, or just in the back of my head, you know, you, you don't really get it out of you.
1: We have a similar favorite band.
2: <laughs> OK, I mean, you, you mean for Daft Punk? Daft was? Punk. Yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah. Did you like yeah. the latest album?
1: It took me a while to like listen to like I was listening to it and I'm like, this isn't like what they usually do. Mm-hmm. And I had to keep listening to it to actually like it. Yeah. So to me that wasn't like a good album. Usually with music, I love it right away or I don't feel anything. Yeah. Uh, what did you think about it?
2: Um, I mean I I see it's uh it it has a lot of references to like music of the past, so like the seventies and, and stuff like that, which yeah. I really, I mean, I like it. But uh, at some points, it feels like it's some of, some of the pieces are just tributes to stuff and not like original.
1: Yeah.
2: Which I, I think I mean, in some of the pieces they didn't really surpass the 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 tendency to to pay tribute to some of the of their uh, you know favorite stuff. But uh, I mean overall there are some stuff that I really like. I mean, I love how it sounds, I mean the production is out of this world, it's absolutely amazing. I have listened to it like a- a- in any kind of uh, like device that you listen to it from high-end speakers to just like your iPad or whatever, it still manages to sound good. I, I think they've done like a great job in the production. So that's something I really like. and there are some of the songs that I think they are really good songs. I mean, overall it might not be a great record. I mean of course it can't it can't top discovery not by any means, but nothing can I guess <laughs> But I mean, it's okay I'm a, I'm sort of optimistic in general. I hope that their next thing will will be a bit less. Focused on this kind of need for them to, to come back in this sort of sort of marketing sense of you know that we've been away for a while and now we need to produce something that it's like uh, everybody will like and that's mm-hmm. you know and and maybe they will come up with some. I mean, um, in in a weird way, I like the the, the previous album, which was really like a vanguard. Uh, uh, which is really hard to listen to it's really it's really hard to like put it on and listen to the whole thing but still uh, it was called human after all right and uh, oh, yeah now I mean, I mean I'm not talking about the Tron soundtrack that that's no. just something like a side project I think uh, but I I it I know that it's not like easy listening music that somebody will put on and listen to but I, I appreciate it because it's so bold you know they, I mean they are really just putting stuff out there that they are 100% sure that it's not going to be commercial, but they still did it. So that, that's, that's admirable, admirable to me
1: next question uh were you able to play the game risk of rain before you created the music for
2: it yes i had the uh better version of the game and uh i played around i mean i was able to play it but again then i was not able to play it in the sense that i'm a very bad player of the game (laughs) so I, i tried a little bit i i didn't like play through the entire game and uh you know then start writing music i just got like a a sense of the gameplay and the and the feeling of it, and then for all the levels and stuff, I I, I asked uh, from the guys to send me screenshots because I didn't want to you know spend time just trying to get to like the next level or something. It was not something that was really important for me to you know. I I could get the sense of the game from a screenshot if I knew how the gameplay was like from the first. Couple of levels that I had played. Oh. I mean, the, when so I when I got on board, the game was was not completely completed by any means, but it was still it was there was a lot of playable things. You know, you can really play and get a good feeling out of it, and also see you know this the difficulty and stuff.
1: So the developers weren't like very involved with the process. They were just like sending you screenshots, or would they like ask you about? What the music? What they wanted the music to be like?
2: Um, well, I was, I, I think, it, because it was their own their uh, f- very first project, and my uh, like maybe third project. But it was the first time that I wasn't working with somebody that I didn't previously know. So it was a little bit, let's say, awkward at at, at points. But but we did have. I mean, we, we, we had a good relationship in the sense that uh, they were happy with the music that I was sending them and they didn't really interfere with like asking me to change stuff. Uh, oh. um, I mean, one of the first pieces that I sent uh, I remember at some point I got a note that well maybe this one is a bit too much and we might not use it but eventually after a while they they sent back like okay we had this in our uh, like we had a Dropbox so we can send like a shared folder so we can send back and forth uh, stuff and and it was just in there and after a point they sent to me you know that well we listen to the piece and now we kind of like it we we we're used to it we, we see it in the game so let's 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 still use it, and then it was indeed like expanded and made into a full piece, and we we ended up using it. Uh, so our collaboration was like easy in that sense that we didn't have a, like any I didn't have like notes from them or stuff like I need to change, the, and and I think that they also were respectful in the sense that they were a couple of guys that are not musicians, so they didn't want to like interfere with the With music making, you know, they Mm -hmm. they kind of trusted me with that. Uh, Maybe it's uh, uh, some of it is because yeah, they are not musicians, as I said, and some of it might be because it was one of their first projects and they didn't really know how hands on they should be with the music. But I think it worked for the best because uh, I mean, in the end, we were both happy with the result, and I think it kind of fit the game. So, I guess Yeah,
1: the album was very well received by a lot of people. <laughs>
2: oh yeah, I was I was really happy with how how people like I got a lot of uh, positive f- feedback, which is really amazing. I, I wasn't really expecting it. Be- I mean, we weren't even expecting for the game to become something that people knew about and, you know, it was kind of like overwhelming to to see it become successful, but but uh, specifically for the music and myself, it was really, like, mind-blowing to to have people actually, you know, listen to it and uh, t- ask me about it uh, and kind of embrace it that much.
1: What was your favorite song that you made for Risk of Rain?
2: Um, from Risk of Rain, it's Dewpoint. And actually, it uh, it's really hard to, like, pick a favorite song, although I just blurred it out like that. But I have <laughs> thought about it a lot. I mean, it's something that I have... Uh, I, I, in, 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 in different moods I will have like different stuff that I will say okay now I want to listen to this but from a purely like let's say academical point of view or analytical point of view I really do think that viewpoint is one of the best things I've written I'm really proud of it I, because of the structure and like the chord progressions and everything and how it's I, I, I'm just really proud of that that one. I would even dare say it's one of my favorites from all from everything that I've written. Not just Risk of Rain.
1: Awesome. <laughs> What's your composing process like?
2: Well, it's it's not really methodical in the sense that I have you know a very standard way to compose. Uh, usually, it involves a lot of sitting around and doing other stuff and just thinking about the music uh but but beyond all that when I'm actually like sitting to do the work it's uh it's kind of a combination of things I sometimes and, and depending on the project of course I mean sometimes I will just sit uh on the piano or with a piano patch and uh, just open on my sequencer and you know try out uh chords and melodies and things like that or, um, uh, at some cases, I might uh, cases I might just uh, start with some sound designing, just you know, open up a synth and try to figure out sounds, or maybe just browse through patches of things. Or sometimes I will just have like a like a rhythm, like a a drum sequence that a drum loop that I'm developing and I'm kind of you know building the track on that. So it's it's really n- non standard, I would say. I mean, I mean, what 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 is standard to me is what comes before the actual like sitting in the chair and start writing, which is, yeah, basically just taking some time off uh, playing any music and just thinking about it. And when I say some time, I don't mean that I will wake up in the morning and just, you know, think about it. I mean, that when I have a project to do, like the first couple of weeks, I won't write too much music. I will just, you know, play the game a little bit. Have the screenshots in my head and uh, you know do other stuff just uh, just um, l- just let it you know kind of uh, become a part of me in a more like uh, uh, abstract sense that is just a part of what I'm thinking in my in my daily routine and then after that, when I sit uh, to write, I find that it's a bit more easy to. To, to come up with stuff because you know the atmosphere and the feeling that I need to convey I think it's more uh, embedded in my in my in my mind so it's you know stuff come out a bit easier. It's
1: pretty cool. I've never heard like composers really talk about what their writing process is. Usually, like big people like Hans Zimmer are like, oh well, it just came to me in like a dream one day. <laughs>
2: Well, it's funny because I've actually had this experience a few times, but not, really? not in the sense that a piece will come to me in a dream. But there were like at least three occasions in my life where I had written something. And either in my sleep or in like very late hours in the night where I'm just sitting in bed and thinking of other stuff, a sort of idea comes to me which is like, oh, man, I need, really need to do this very specific thing in this piece, which is usually something that, you know, uh, it's not that the piece wasn't there. The piece was there, but it's something that it might be like a specific transposition that I wanted to do. It might be at some point I woke up and, and said, OK, this piece needs a choir. And then I, you know, just did it right then and there. I woke up and just, you know, uh, started the computer and, and, and made a little draft of the choir so that I don't wake up and have forgotten about it or, or something like that mm-hmm. but it's it and it and it comes back to what i said about taking some time to to really familiarize yourself not with the material that you're writing which is also very important but but with the media that you're writing for because then even in your sleep you're gonna you know you're gonna breathe the, that that material and it's going to be part of your of, of your daily you know mindset let's say so you you never know when something will trigger like a creative uh, idea or something in the music so so it's so to me it's not just a matter of i mean i can always sit and start writing and something will come up but you know the 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 really like Special moments will will be uh, a product of all this kind of, you know, letting the the thing like seep into you.
1: That's pretty cool. <laughs> I don't
2: know. I mean, I don't know if it makes sense. I I, I hate yeah. I hate it for it to appear like metaphysical because I'm not that kind of guy. I don't I don't believe in any sort of revelations or whatever, <laughs> and I'm not like big on inspiration and stuff because I yeah. because as, as I said, if I sit. Just like anybody, any other professional, if I sit in the piano, I can write music. I don't need to be inspired by anything. It's just it's just something that you learn how to do eventually, I think. So I don't I don't mean to to make it sound that the writing process is something like really supernatural or whatever. But oh, nice. but but familiarizing yourself and living with what you're what you're writing for and. And, and the tools that you're using. And that's that's really important because you never know, you know, when the spark will come up.
1: Wow, <laughs> that's pretty cool. <laughs> this is going back to Risk of Rain. Sure. Which is, um, who came up with the names of the songs?
2: Oh, again, with the names. I mean, I came up with the names and it's basically because of this, a little bit remote uh, relationship that we had with Hopu. I didn't really had like very specific uh, ideas of, you know, like uh, the levels. I didn't know how they were going to be called. I didn't know how the enemies are called. And I think that maybe uh, for a good while, maybe even the guys didn't didn't know about it and and ended up putting it in afterwards. Uh, But but the names was something that uh, after I wrote like a couple of tracks, it was something that I made a con- very conscious decision that I'm going to have all the titles be about something that has to do with water or, you know, uh, weather conditions and stuff like that. So basically naming the, the songs was just uh, like a, a crazy trip uh, of uh, Wikipedia articles and following different links and uh, just, uh, you know, whatever stro- struck me in a certain way, I was like, okay, this this is something that I can use. And, I learned a few new words in that process.
1: Yeah, I did too. <laughs> I'm looking them all up and I'm like, "Oh, I'm going to read this French poem." <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah.
2: And that too. <laughs> that
1: one. Um, do you have a favorite video game?
2: I do have a favorite video game and it's Grim Fandango by LucasArts. It's like
1: I've never heard of that. You have
2: never heard of Grim Fandango? I have... It's like a, no. it's like an adventure game at, that came out at the end of the of the great adventure game era, which was like the late '90s. I mean, it was already in the in the decline. Basically, it was the end of the era. Aww. And uh, it was um, Lucasarts, I think, penultimate adventure at that point. They after that they released Monkey Island Four, which was not re- received very well. But it was their first uh, 3D 3D game, adventure game, and. Uh, it's about a travel agent that lives in the world of the dead, and it involves this kind of Mexican folklore, and uh, and uh, uh, it's very it's it's modeled a little bit after Casablanca, and it's very noir, and has this sort of Art Deco uh, art style to it, and uh, brilliant music, and uh, it's just what it's 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 my favorite game, like by far. It's not even I don't even. It's my favorite everything basically. <laughs> yeah.
1: I'm definitely going to look into it. <laughs> oh yeah,
2: actually they they, they released a um, remastered version like a few months ago or something which is uh, you know easily playable on a modern computer now so or even con- oh. consoles I think.
1: So okay. It's definitely
2: worth looking into it.
1: Sweet, thanks. <laughs> um, do you have a favorite video game soundtrack?
2: I mean again, if you, it's very rare that like a masterpiece is lacking in one of its parts so you know a great movie usually has great actors has great script has a great director and has great music and again with games like grim fandango is not my favorite just because it has a cool story or just because it's a great adventure game but it's it's my favorite because it combines a lot of stuff together, and one of the things that it has is amazing music, which is written by Peter McConnell, who is still uh, writing a lot of the music for uh, Tim Schaefer, who's you know like doing the he did Broken Age and all that uh, stuff, and now he's going okay. to do Psychonauts. And um, I think you, I, I I think he also wrote the music for Hearthstone, if I'm not mistaken, which is also oh, wow. also pretty. I mean, he's a well-known composer in in the gaming world, and mm-hmm. definitely the, the the soundtrack of *Grim Fandango* is up there for me, like I, because it has this really amazing like uh, jazz noir music, and sometimes it it comp- incorporates like the musical folklore and even like a bit ambient music that uh, is. Well, not reminiscent, but it, it points the finger to, like, uh, Aztec and Mayan mythology and all that stuff. So it's, it's really great. Yeah, it, it's, I, it's totally a recommend for me, for anyone listening to go check it out. I mean, they, they will really love it. it. It's not what you would call game music, if, if such a thing exists. Uh, yeah. I mean, stylistically, if there's any unified you know, notion of game music, maybe that st- stands a little bit outside that.
1: Okay. Like, usually, when we mention, like, game music, um, it's usually something that was created with the NES or, like, the sound oh, yeah, the yeah. system. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, old stuff.
2: Yeah, like the cheap tune stuff. No, no, th- yeah, that's, yeah. that's uh, from the... Like the CD was already introduced at that at that point, so they actually had you know real recordings. Yeah. They are a little bit compressed because of saving space and all that. But beyond that, it's actually real instruments that play, except some very few pieces that they they needed like an orchestra. They didn't they, they couldn't afford an orchestra back then, and the synthetic orchestras were not at a very good level. But these are like a couple of pieces. From the entire soundtrack which is like more than an hour long, maybe even two hours, I don't know, which is basically just a jazz band playing <laughs> and they, they they actually did a remaster of the soundtrack too for the new version. So at some oh, wow. points they, they went and cleaned up the original recordings and they also did some additional uh, tracking of some instruments at some points and they did replace all the orchestral pieces with, a, with an actual orchestra playing. So you know, if somebody wants to to listen that into all its glory, now they can. It's even on Spotify, I think.
1: Oh, sweet! Yeah, I'll definitely take uh, give that a listen. Um, would you ever want to work on pieces for films? And
2: um, I mean I I would love to and I have done like a few sh- f- a few short films uh, back in the day especially when I was studying because I did like, a, a film music masters a few years ago and uh, during that time I worked on a few short films um, and it's really nice it's something I like to do but but um, Game music is was is always what I really wanted to do. So I'm not really... As long as I get uh, game gigs, I'm not chasing after films. Okay. That said, I mean, uh, I think it was about a year ago that I did like a short animation that some uh, Swedish director was doing and uh, he actually heard Risco Frein and that's why he asked me to do it. And that was really fun because I hadn't done like a... A film is a very different media from you know game to to compose for, yeah. so it's it's something that I really like. And occasionally I have big four games I have done, you know music for trailers, which is also something that is fixed in time, so it, it's it, it's much closer to you know scoring a film. But I would really like, love to do like a kind of a you know long uh, a long uh, feature film at mm-hmm. some point i mean i wouldn't say no to it for sure i would love to (laughs) yeah
1: um are there any soundtracks you're currently working on
2: um there's going there's a soundtrack that i've worked uh and it's recently finished and it's now like kind of waiting to be released and uh, hopefully the game will be out this year so uh, i will have the opportunity to to release that and uh, i'm not currently working on anything just because all the projects that i have for the future are in really like pre-production it is some, somehow i've been working sort of non-stop for a, for a few years and oh, wow. suddenly after uh, the release of deadbolt uh, all my future projects uh were in very early production stages so i'm kind of A bit more relaxed now and have the opportunity to like upgrade my studio a little bit and just take some time off and and relax there are there are a few projects on the way but um i would say it's i mean besides the the thing that i told you about that is you know uh just waiting to come out um Mm -hmm. but this is something that i've done previously so it's not i'm not working on it anymore uh, other than that, I would say that uh, no immediate releases in the like, near future or something. But you, well, oh. But you never know. I mean, I don't know if somebody wants to ask me to do something. I think I have a little bit of free time now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and the last question. Do you have a weird talent?
2: Actually, in fact, I do. I can hold my breath for 10 minutes. <laughs> no, it's not actually. I'm just uh, I'm just kidding with you. But uh, if there are people out there <laughs> that are Monkey Island fans, they might get that joke. So it's like a weird little <laughs> reference. I don't I don't really have any weird talents. I don't know. I'm I'm pretty regular guy, I think, most of the time. <laughs> I wouldn't say... No, I can't, I can't think of anything at least.
1: Oh, OK. Well, um... I guess that's the end of the show. All right, cool. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me.
2: No, no problem. Thank you for having me.